Welcome to the Endpoints Podcast, presented by the ALS Therapy Development Institute. I'm Jonathan Gang. Lou Gehrig was an all-time great baseball player. He was one of the best hitters of all time, a seven-time All-Star with a career batting average of 340 and just shy of 500 home runs. Yet, many people unfamiliar with baseball history remember Lou Gehrig best for the disease that bears his name. He was diagnosed with ALS on June 19, 1939, his 36th birthday, and retired from the game a few days later. He passed away in 1941 at the age of 37. For years, Lou Gehrig has been recognized as a face of ALS and a legend of baseball. But until now, he did not have an official day dedicated to him by the MLB, unlike some of his fellow legends like Jackie Robinson and Roberto Clemente. That's where the Haverstrows come in. Tom, Steve, and Chuck Haverstrow are three brothers with two big shared passions, baseball and ending ALS. Their mother, Patty Haverstrow, was diagnosed with ALS in 2017. Since then, they've gone on to raise awareness and money for the disease through fundraisers like the ALS Hot Pepper Challenge. Recently, along with a group of other diehard baseball fans who are connected to ALS, they worked with the MLB to create an annual Lou Gehrig Day to both celebrate his legacy as a ball player and raise funds and awareness for ALS. The first annual Lou Gehrig Day will take place throughout the league on June 2nd, 2021. Today, the Haberstroh brothers join us on Endpoints to tell us how and why they helped to make it happen. According to Steve, it was a friend of the brothers, the late Brian Wayne Galantine, who had the original idea. But Brian, um, affectionately known as B. Wayne, uh, texted me um, in the summer of 2019 um, asking me if I thought that it would be appropriate if we approached MLB to do a Lou Gehrig Day, um, similar to the Jackie Robinson Day or Roberto Clemente Day. Um, And he suggested that, you know, why, why couldn't we celebrate Lou's life and raise awareness for ALS every year? Um, in every ballpark. And, you know, I read this text and I said something to the effect of, I I think this is a great idea. Let's go get it. And so um, I brought that idea back to the weekly call we were were holding with um, about 15 other ALS warriors um, as part of my role at IMALS. And um, the idea got a lot of traction. And so we created actually a subcommittee affectionately known as the MLB squad and my older brother, Chuck, um, along with Adam Wilson, who is also a big fan of, of TDI, um, and B Wayne, uh, ran with it. And we started to attract other people who were passionate about ALS and passionate about, um, baseball, uh, to join that group. Um, and we've made sure that it was well represented across all of the organizations in, in the ALS community. And we created a blueprint. We tried to figure out, okay, you know, why hasn't this worked in the past? Let's learn from some of the, the, the warriors before us who made some great inroads towards this becoming a reality. And the group went at it. Um, and, you know, less than two years later, we got the wonderful news that, that the MLB finally uh, approved this. As things got rolling, Chuck took on a leadership role with the committee and started working to get people across professional baseball on board. Yeah, so I am uh, a co-chair since the beginning of the Lou Gehrig Day Committee. Um, 
along with Adam Wilson and B. Wayne, uh, we started it out. And basically, you know, B. Wayne or Adam could have done it themselves, but uh, Adam Wilson doesn't have a voice because ALS has taken it, and uh, B. Wayne's voice was getting getting a little forced and, and weak as we were going along in this thing. So I became kind of the voice uh, for them and other people in our committee. Um, and, you know, we'd have meetings every week going over and doing our homework, basically saying, okay, how we know baseball, Major League Baseball specifically, has always been supportive of, of the ALS cause because of Lou Gehrig um, and just how, how impactful that story has been, you know, it's generations later and still talking about it. Um, so we knew it. We did the homework. We said, okay, they've had a day kind of once in a while, like 2009, they had a day. Michael Goldsmith got a day um, across baseball. He got in front of Bud Selig, the commissioner at the time, and basically sold him on it. And he had the day. And then three months later, he died of ALS. So it happened in like fits and starts. And, and what's different about our committee is we're, we're going to be here every year. Um, our committee started at, at its peak. We're probably at like 27 people in our committee six of whom have passed away from ALS during this time in just two years. But the committee's still here. So my point is, like, one of the things we learned was this disease is so brutal and how it just takes people quickly and just suddenly, even though you, you know, you think ALS, oh, you know, it's, you know it's coming. But even when B. Wayne died um, in October of last year, just, you know, out of the blue, we were like, what? Um, and so these things happen, but our committee isn't going anywhere. And so that's what's important for us to, to, to kind of sell to Major League Baseball and be like, listen, we have a group of advocates, like totally all uh, with one message going to Major League Baseball to, to raise awareness. Everybody's been affected by ALS directly in our committee, um, whether they're caregivers, whether they've lost someone, whether they have ALS or just family of someone with ALS like myself and my brothers. Um, so I headed that up, uh, with Adam and B Wayne and then B Wayne passed. Uh, and so it's, it's been basically Adam and I running this, this thing for the last few months, uh, which has been incredibly rewarding, but also like stressful. You're like, Oh my gosh, I got this thing going. I got, we, we got, we got Lou Gehrig day to happen. Now we got to make it happen. Like <laughs> it's, it's here. Uh, and so we're, we're just, we're going through all the all the the details of it and it's going to be an incredible day but um yeah it's been really rewarding but also you know heart-wrenching at times when we, we lose people like you know b wayne pat quinn pete frades uh kevin heller um chris coons you know and then chris fagan like we we've lost i mean i can go over on and on and it's just brutal um, and these are people that know that this this day what it could do is change the, the, where this disease is headed by raising the level of awareness. Um, and people know who have ALS, like my mom says it, it may not help me, but it's going to help somebody in the future. So that's why we're doing this thing. According to Tom, one of the most important things was making sure there was buy-in across the entire league, including every last one of the 30 teams that make up the MLB. We really went grassroots to every team and found people with every team, whether it's a manager, a player, a president of baseball operations, um, and found 
that it would be a lot more effective if we got their ears first and then worked our way up the chain. So it was coming in from this chorus of people who were on board rather than one singular voice. And we just felt like we weren't going to be turned down at that point. Our goal was to make this a grassroots patient led um, from the ground floor up to, to try to get baseball to sign up on, on with this. And we really wanted it to make it a, uh, all hands-on approach. And like Steve said, that was going to be intentional because we wanted to keep this momentum going. Um, And we've done a really, really good job, I think, in trying to build those relationships throughout baseball. So it's not necessarily one team pushing for this. It's all 30 teams. Getting all 30 teams on board was a tall order. But according to Steve, once the ball got rolling, the momentum picked up quickly. Adam Wilson, who just does unbelievable work. I don't understand how he's able to do everything he does each day. Um, as I mentioned, we were a little, the, the movement was a little bit stalled. And he said, you know what? I'm just going to guess. I'm going to come up with an email and I'm going to try to get in touch with different um, people in leadership at various organizations. And so he did so with the Arizona Diamondbacks, kind of sent a super cold email saying, here's my story. Here's our idea. I would love your help. And within 10 minutes, the president of the Arizona Diamondbacks responded and said, I lost my grandfather to ALS. I'm in. Tell me what we need to do, and I'll get it done. And from there, uh, he roped in um, two other presidents from other teams. Um, I believe it was the Red Sox, um, and I'm forgetting the other. And um, went out to them and said, hey, look, I'm passionate about this. Let's send a letter to the rest of the presidents in the league telling them that we're on in favor of this and that we need to get this done. Um, and it was less than 36 hours later that we went from something like seven teams who agreed to, to Lou Gehrig Day um, to all 30 major league teams. As the rest of the teams got involved, the Lou Gehrig Day committee found a number of enthusiastic supporters around the league, many of whom had their own ALS stories. So there, there were a few really really uh, influential people that helped us with this journey that we learned, you know, early on, like asking them, peppering them with questions, probably to the point of annoying them um, to be like, how do we, what do, who do we need to talk to? And they'd give us a person that eventually we have to talk to. How do we, how do we make sure that major league baseball signs on? Well, you need to get 30 teams. Um, the first person we spoke to is a friend of Tom's from, from the Miami area days. Cause he was the voice of the Marlins back then it was Boog Shambi. And Boog uh, has been like a mentor in ways to like, he's been in this fight for 15 or so years. His, his best friend from high school, Tim Sheehy, died uh, from ALS. And he started uh, Project Main Street, Boog did. And it helps families, including my own, with grants and s- smaller grants just to help with, to offset, you know, the piling up of bills. Um, he is a, a huge advocate inside of baseball and everybody basically knows it in baseball. Like, okay, Boog is the ALS guy. So we talked to him extensively and he's been, uh, like so invaluable in how he's been able to help us. He's been huge. Again, there's, there's also, uh, a few players who've been directly affected by ALS, you know, uh, Sam Hilliard, who's an outfielder for the Rockies. His father, Jim has ALS and his mom, Tamara is on our group. And Jim pops in every once in a while to say hi. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Stephen Piscotti, who's an outfielder for the Oakland A's, his father, Mike, is on our, our committee. Um, he lost 
uh, Stephen lost his mother, Gretchen. So obviously that one hits home for me, um, you know, talking with them about this whole thing. And they've been incredibly helpful too. Uh, you know, there, there, there are more people inside of baseball, but I'd say that those baseball, also Mike Crawford. So the Crawford family, Brandon Crawford, uh, is a shortstop for the Giants. He and the, the Piscottis and the Crawfords kind of grew up together, same area of, of California. Um, and so he's been incredible. Mike Crawford, the father, has been a big advocate for us um, and, and been able to kind of piece together some things that we couldn't do without him. So there have been, you know, a handful of people, and they really did make a huge difference in this because, you know, navigating the Major League Baseball landscape wasn't the easiest thing in the world, uh, especially, you know, with the franchise model and all that. And, you know, as a Red Sox fan, having to figure out how to talk to the Yankees without, you know, getting all fired up, they had to do that. Um, but no, they, 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 those in particular, they were hugely helpful in this whole thing. With Lou Gehrig Day approved around the league, the next step was to figure out how to celebrate it. So this year, um, each of the teams, uh, which was critical to us, is going to focus on their local market. So there's going to be national news surrounding this. Um, we expect it to be on nightly news um, across the country. Um, but we made it clear that our committee was there to help each of the teams identify people in, in the local community that have been battling this disease so they can highlight them um, and highlight their efforts um, to help raise awareness. So there's going to be a lot of local activity with each of the teams. Um, they, the players and coaches are going to wear um, four ALS patches. So there'll be specific um, patches for, um, for this day. Um, there's going to be, uh, I don't want to break any news, but there are likely to be um, videos that are going to be played in each of the ballparks that day. Um, and I think if we weren't in a COVID environment, in fact, I don't think, I know, um, we'd be doing a lot more with merchandise, with jerseys, uh, but it was, it was too difficult to turn this around too quickly, um, given the environment. But it's going to be a really special day. Um, there's no doubt that there will be families and people with ALS um, literally or figuratively throwing out the first pitch at each of the ballparks. Um, we expect there to be local gatherings within the ballpark and outside the ballpark, COVID permitting, where people who are in this fight um, can celebrate together. Uh, and we've already seen tremendous outpouring from current and former players um, who are going to do their best to raise awareness on that day and leading up to the day and, of course, after that day. Um, and it's to, to celebrate Lou um, and to highlight all the people that have been battling this disease. Um, and ultimately, if we raise awareness, awareness will lead to funding. Funding will lead, to, will lead to research, and research will lead to cures. And so we're, we're quite hopeful, and we fully expect that um, wonderful organizations like ALS-TDI, um, who've become like family to us, um, will benefit not only by bringing hope to the families that they're working with, but we hope that, you know, people who haven't been introduced to this fight will kind of see one of these games, see a couple of highlights, see Lou Gehrig's speech, um, and get motivated to join in on the fight, whether it's with dollars or, um, you know, giving back in other ways. 
Tom hopes that, in addition to raising awareness about ALS, this day will also help remind baseball fans of Lou Gehrig's legacy as one of the greatest to ever play the game. I mean, you couldn't have scripted a more relentless athlete with ALS. This guy was the iron horse, right? He had over 2,000 straight consecutive games without a missed, uh, missed game. And he was an incredible hitter. <laughs> he was in New York. Uh, the story itself is, is fit for Hollywood. And I just think this is the next chapter is, yes, it's Lou Gehrig's disease, but I, I do think it's baseball's potentially baseball's cure is that if they get in on board, fully on board with um, fighting Lou Gehrig day or fighting Lou Gehrig's disease, excuse me, then this can be their cure. And they will be part of that legacy of finding cures for this and effective treatments for, for ALS. And, um, you know, it's the, every Chuck likes to point this out. My brother likes to point this out is every time you're on Twitter and following major league baseball and watching major league baseball, they'll have a new stat. Like Mike Trout just hit, you know, seven over his last 10 games, uh, seven over hits in his last 10 at bats and six stolen bases in his last five games with six home runs. And the last player to do that was Lou Gehrig. And every day there's a new Lou Gehrig, Lou Gehrig shout out because he was that good. And so, you know, it's a little bit of, you know, confirmation bias on some level where it's, you're like, man, I just see Lou Gehrig everywhere. Now that we're like taking up this fight and trying to get this going, it just seems like Lou Gehrig is everywhere. And then I talked to my baseball friends. They're like, yeah, because Lou Gehrig was one of the best players of all time, the best first baseman of all time. Of course he holds all these records. And I just think it's time. It, it's time for ha to have a Lou Gehrig day and to celebrate him. Um, and, uh, LG four day. It's, it just, it just kind of, it, it made a lot of sense. The, the speech that he made, of course, that he said he felt like the luckiest man on earth that was made on July 4th. And so when we were trying to figure out a day to do Lou Gehrig day, we couldn't do 4th of July um, for, for obvious reasons. We want to have its own day. So we, we put our heads together and we, we found June 2nd made a lot of sense because June 2nd was the day he passed away. But although that was an end, there's a beginning. That was the day he took over for Wally Pip and thus the consecutive streak began. Um, and so that was really cool was finding out that yes, we can memorialize him on June 2nd, the day of his death. But more importantly, that's where his relentless streak his iron man streak began and so we just thought june 2nd would be the day major league baseball agreed that would be the day for lou gehrig day and uh it just worked out still the biggest goal of lou gehrig day is of course helping to end the disease that killed him and is just as deadly today as when he was diagnosed with it in 1939 what i hope lou gehrig day accomplishes is of course someday having cures and treatments to this thing uh, and I think it could happen. Like, I think the baseball getting behind this cause will make a huge difference in the, the level of awareness, which then leads to funding, which then leads to research, which then leads to cures and treatments. Um, what I want to do is I really want to, you know, celebrate Lou Gehrig on that day um, and the man he was uh, and the player he was. And through that, 
kind of make the point that this can strike anybody. This disease can hit anybody. The be- you know, a man who's the best hitter of baseball for a decade, who is like a legend uh, among legends, first retired jersey in the history of any sport in the U.S. Um, he he was as big as you could get, and the thing took him out in three years. You know, it's just like 80 years later, the same prognosis for my mom that Lou Gehrig got. You know, it's like that's that needs to change. And with with getting the word out that it has been 80 years and there has been no real, you know, cures or treatments for this thing. But something isn't right there and we need to get we need to really hit it head on. And and baseball is, is going to be a big part of that. I mean, the one thing that always that's been hitting me is like in January, my mom was going through, through some tough times with pneumonia and having a trach just to put in and all this. And the, the, the EMTs showed up to transport her to the hospital. And they didn't know what ALS was, the EMTs. Um, that's something that needs to change. And I think at you know, bare minimum, if that if that EMT is a big Yankees fan or Mets fan or whatever in this area, um, maybe when they see a Lou Gehrig day, they go, oh, ALS, yeah, let me find out a little bit more about that. And uh, that can make a difference, you know, even that small amount. So we're just hoping to raise the awareness and and really, you know find a way to, to treat this thing because it's, it's a bear. For more information about the first annual Lou Gehrig Day, you can visit lg4day.com. That's the letter L, the letter G, and the number 4, day.com. You can also check with your local baseball team to see what their plans are to celebrate on June 2nd. To learn more about the ALS Therapy Development Institute and our research to end ALS, visit als.net. Thanks for listening.